In episode 514 with Lily Ashwell, we are talking all about astrology, a topic that I absolutely love. We're also diving deep into changing careers, healing from Lyme's disease, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, Comparisonitis, and Time Magic. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and so excited for this conversation because we have the beautiful Lily Ashwell with us today. Now, she is an intuitive artist, author, and astrologer behind the Heavenly Bodies Astrology. She studied at London's renowned Central St. Martin's College of Art and Design. And in 2012, she launched a collection of vintage-inspired dresses, which evolved into a full lifestyle brand and the opening of her much-loved shop in Venice, California. In 2018, a healing journey moved her away from fashion and deeper into spirituality. She spent three years channeling, studying, and creating her most recent offering, the Heavenly Bodies Astrology Deck and Little Guidebook, which I have, and they are absolutely stunning. Lily also writes a monthly cosmic guide at lilyashwell.com, where subscribers are emailed a hand-illustrated printable astrology calendar, along with insights into the month's astrology and guidance on using the Heavenly Bodies deck in tandem with current astrology. Now, for everything that we mentioned in this episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 514. Now, let's bring on the beautiful Lily Ashwell. Lily, welcome to the show, beautiful. I am so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? I had a smoothie with cacao and frozen raspberries and some spinach, some almond butter. (laughs) Yum. Delicious. So good. I have it almost every day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yum. That sounds amazing. I would love to come over for one of those. It's my favorite. So you have an incredible story. I would love for you to take us back from being a fashion designer to your healing journey of Lyme's disease, which my husband also had, to astrology. Like, tell us your origin story and how you got to where you are today. Okay. So, yeah, I started out my career in fashion. I come from a long line of beautiful, creative, entrepreneurial women. I grew up around a mother who created beautiful homes. She's in the interior design space. And so I was at flea markets with her and kind of connecting with this very soulful, vintage-inspired aesthetic that um, for me translated into clothes. And that was my form of expression. And I was always making my own clothes as a kid, like learned to sew, went to art school at Central St. Martin's in London. And when I was young, like 21, I started my own fashion line. And I loved it. It was a beautiful 
chapter of my life, but I had no business experience. And so the responsibility of having people working for me and an overhead of a store that I was running in Venice was... It became pretty all-consuming. It overshadowed the, the art and the creativity, which is why I kind of began this career for myself. Um, and simultaneously, when it became sort of overwhelming, my health was really struggling. And in hindsight, I feel that my body was stepping in to kind of force me to slow down in a way that I don't know that I would have been able to make that tough call to, to slow down and close this company down that I had built with so much love for my entire adult life. And so when I was 30, which is an interesting age because it's when society kind of tells you that you're maybe going to be moving into the next chapter of life. And all of your hard work of your 20s, maybe a career that you've built or a relationship that you've been cultivating are kind of going into the next stage. And for me, all of those pillars kind of crumbled at that age. And it was because of my health that I kind of walked away from a long-term partnership and, and the business. And I went into this healing cocoon for a few years. And it was really challenging, but I had a spiritual practice that I really leaned on and kind of went deeper into in a way that I had never really explored. And that's when astrology became a huge part of my life because it can create a framework to describe our connection to the universe. And as I learned to read my birth chart and understand on a soul level, what I was here to move through and evolve through. And, and as I started to see the challenges that I was being presented with, with my health and the pillars of my life kind of crumbling, I could create context around those challenges. And I found a deep trust in who I was and in the experience I was having. And I could see how I could use it productively to kind of where life was trying to take me. And through that process, I, I'm an artist and I kind of learn and process information through creating art. And so that's how Heavenly Bodies became something. Um, it was a personal art project that I used as like a living journal for my own process. And, and in time, it became clear that it was a tool that could be used by anybody. And so I eventually published and now I'm, I'm still, I think that anyone who's on a spiritual path and, and really living is always on some kind of a healing journey. And so of course that journey continues and my health is much improved, but I live very differently than I did, you know, before all of this. So it's really informed this new way of living that I now enjoy. And it's been a really beautiful new chapter to step into to kind of help support other people navigate life's challenges, whether that's health issues or other kinds of things that come up. And um, and as Heavenly Bodies finds its way in the world, it is so life-affirming and beautiful to see how 
spirit guides you. And I receive so many messages from people that have had such support and a beautiful connection to the deck on their own journey. And that's kind of where I'm at now, just seeing that we're all, we're all on this healing journey. And it can feel lonely, but it's, it's really beautiful to connect with people in this way now. Absolutely. So for those listening that don't know what Heavenly Bodies is, it's a beautiful, like the most beautiful Mm. astrology deck. And it's got a little guidebook that goes with it. And it is absolutely stunning. So tell us a bit more about this. Yeah. So as I said, I was studying astrology. I was going through this very challenging period of life. And as a seeker and someone interested in all different spiritual practices, I was leaning pretty heavily on astrologers and psychics and mediums to kind of give me answers and guidance as to what was happening in my life. And I had one particular astrologer who gave me a wonderful recommendation and saying how it was actually going to be much more empowering for me to learn how to connect with my chart myself so that it wasn't this kind of seeking energy where I felt like the answers were going to come from outside of me. And so I I really went deep into learning how to read the language of astrology. And for those of you who aren't familiar, there's there are many different layers that go into this system of astrology. And there's the planets and the signs, and then there's the houses and the elements, and there's all all different components that make up a birth chart. And the, the project Heavenly Bodies can be used as a teaching tool because it really breaks down all of the different aspects that go into a chart. And that was originally how I made it. They, the, the cards, which can be used as an oracle deck, like you would use angel cards or, or even tarot, that wasn't my initial concept. It was more of a study tool for myself because as I said, I was studying the different aspects of astrology and creating art to sort of integrate the information. And then I I realized that all of these different tools of divination, all of these different oracle decks, they're just symbols that that the universe can use to communicate through. And so these little cards, these pieces of art that I was making could absolutely be symbols as well. And so that's how they also double as an oracle deck. And because I'm so visual and so my aesthetic is so interwoven with how I kind of live and communicate, um, I couldn't help but create a world around this project. So even the the packaging and the box, it's it's all very soulful and... um, and even if you have no interest in astrology, truthfully, there's so much spirit and energy kind of infused in the deck that it can communicate to you and meet you sort of wherever you're at. And I did have, like I said, when you're, you know, making a career transition at 30, I felt I'm 35 now. And I did feel a little, I felt scared. I felt like I had spent all of my 20s building this business and that I was kind of throwing it away and I was hard on myself that I was kind of switching gears and going in this completely different direction but now I can see that 
the vision and the energy and the aesthetic of even the clothes and the brand that I had built before is very much infused in this deck as well. So it's it's made me realize that especially for creative people, it's not so much about what it is you're making. It's your, it's your spirit and your vision and you can infuse that into all kinds of mediums. Absolutely. You can feel it too. You know, yeah. you can feel the love, you can feel the energy, whether that is in a social media post or a book or a podcast episode or a beautiful card deck, whatever it is, you can really feel that love yeah. and energy that someone has poured into something. But I just wanted to circle back on something you spoke about. And that was, you know, making such a big career transition at the age of 30 leaving behind your successful fashion business mm-hmm. that you've worked so hard on that you'd that you'd built for so many years now that decision i'm sure was not an easy one for you you know these big decisions can feel really challenging how did you do it like what support did you get how did you move through this time well that's i mean truthfully that's where my health really fell apart. Lyme was a huge tornado in my life and it really left me no choice but to pull the plug. I had, like I said, I I had been feeling, I felt kind of buried alive for three or four years before I walked away from that business by the responsibility of running a business. Because no matter what it is, whether it's clothes or anything. If you have people working for you and and a an operation that you're kind of running, that's a huge responsibility. And I didn't have the the team or the infrastructure in place to support me in a way where I was kind of protected from the the daily stressors. So I felt my creativity really taking a dive and my love for what I was doing was really fading for years. But like I said, I I felt so... There's a... I'm hardworking and there's a stubbornness that I have towards kind of executing a vision. And I believed so wholeheartedly in the vision of this brand. And so it was really difficult for me to make that decision to... It felt like I was going to abandon it. But when the Lyme stuff started flaring up, I I couldn't, I honestly couldn't get out of bed for like a couple of years. So it got to the point where I was working from bed. I had like an office detached from my house where we had people coming and working at every day. And I used to be in the office with everyone, but even that I couldn't do. And it just became clear to myself and the team that I just, I needed to to take a real break and and Lyme is funny because it it's pretty all consuming it affects all systems of the body and so it as you start kind of moving through that process of healing it's kind of like untangling a knot and a lot of people that have been on this Lyme journey that I've spoken with have had a similar experience in that the physical untangling somehow inevitably becomes like an emotional untangling. And and there is this body, mind, spirit connection that we're all so aware of, but with these chronic 
kind of mysterious, complicated illnesses, they seem to really um, be rooted in in that connection more than anything that I've really ever heard about from anyone else. And so it became clear to me that my tendency to kind of hold on to things out of fear and to resist the flow of my life was it was affecting my body in a way that wasn't conducive to health and healing. Yeah. So you had no choice. Yeah. Wow. So what holistic modalities or spiritual practices have you tried that have really worked for you? Everyone always asks that. And it's this funny thing where it's, it. I couldn't tell you one thing. It's like, it's a bit like peeling the layers of an, an onion in the sense that you kind of work with something for a while that moves the needle and then you kind of plateau and then, you know, some new symptoms will arise and you'll try something else. But I I did everything from more Western approaches like antibiotics to, you know, more gentle integrative things like high-dose vitamin C drips and ozone therapy and hyperbaric oxygen chambers, laser light therapy, Rife machines, like frequency machines, eventually bee venom therapy for two years, which is probably the thing that moved the needle more for me than anything in terms of physical healing. Because what I found, the science behind bee venom therapy is that there's a compound in the venom which actually kills the Lyme bacteria. But because it's a natural compound, it's not an antibiotic, it doesn't kill the good bacteria. And so it's a relatively gentle modality for going after the the Lyme itself. And how does it work? Like, how do you take it? How, how? I had a beehive and it's pretty wild. I had a beehive and you start, you, you sting three times a week. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday were my sting days. Wait, so like you go and you just put your hand in. Like, what do you do? Tell me exactly. Okay, so you can have something called a, a bee buddy, which is like, it's like an urban beehive and you you get bees sent to you in the mail so that you're not going, you don't need to actually become a beekeeper to do this. You can have sort of like a, an easier way of housing bees than a traditional beehive. I did eventually have a beehive, but you go to your bees wherever they live in your house and or in your backyard and you take these long tweezers and you you just learn how to extract the bees from the hive without kind of stressing them out it's it's a very meditative kind of spiritual really practice in observing the bees and how like to kind of become comfortable with even just taking them you have you learn they're very sensitive to your energy so if you're relaxed they kind of are relaxed and they don't swarm at you they kind of allow you to handle them and eventually I didn't even use tweezers I would just take them with my fingers and they don't sting you and you pick them up from their head because you know, if they are a little spooked, they'll sting you if you pick them up from the back because that's where the stinger is. And you 
look in the mirror and you look at your back in the mirror and then you align the stinger with your spine and you sting yourself along your spine um, because the spine is kind of like the central highway for your nervous system. And so your body, the intelligence of your body knows how to take the venom that's coming out of the bee and deliver it to, to wherever it's needed in your body. So it, yeah, and you start with one sting and then you work your way up to 10 stings in a session. So I was stinging myself with bees 30 times a week for two years. And Whoa. there's obviously, I had a, a teacher, so it's not something that, you know, if someone wanted to try this, there's absolutely research that should be done. And there's plenty of content at, at this point online on YouTube and Instagram people that are doing this. So I would definitely do your homework before giving it a go. But yeah, it's hugely effective. It it really does kill the Lyme bacteria. I would say learning how to detox your body properly is hugely important. I have friends that tried and they they really struggled with this therapy because what happens when you're killing the Lyme off, you can overwhelm your body with, it's called a Herxheimer reaction. And it's like a detoxification overwhelm, basically, where you're killing more and more than your body's able to kind of clean out on your own. It's almost the analogy that was given to me is if you had an exterminator come and killed a bunch of mice and then just left them there. It's like, you know, that's very toxic. And so with when you're killing infection, your body has to actually clear the, the now dead bacteria. And so that's where things like infrared sauna and rebounding and any kind of like lymphatic drainage, colonics, like if you start kind of thinking about the different ways that the body detoxes itself, you want to really amp up things that are going to support your body in moving toxins out because you're killing so much stuff off. So I was pretty well versed in that. And I had a relatively gentle experience with the bee venom therapy, but healing's not linear. And so I would have, I would feel tremendous progress for a few months even sometimes. And then I would crash and it feels like like 10 steps forward and then like 15 steps back sometimes. But eventually I did kind of find my rhythm and it set me free. It set me it set me free also because there was something very empowering about working with nature one-on-one because what can also happen when you're really struggling with your health is you become very dependent on doctors and healers and people that you think are going to have all the answers. And it becomes complicated because there are so many wonderful doctors and healers that are open-minded and in their integrity. But if we give them priority over our own intuition, that I think is a huge block in the healing process. And so with the bees, it was it was just me and the natural world, which was very empowering and healing in and of itself. Wow. That is incredible. I mean, I've heard of bee venom therapy, but like logistically, I was like, how does it work? So that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying go out and just start doing this, like really do your research. And 
My husband had Lyme and it was debilitating for him as well. Yeah. So I know what you've been through. You know, it's, he was, yeah. he was bedridden for three years as well. Mm. And it was, he had to stop work as well. It was, it was so full on for him. Yeah. And at the same time, he was also had viral meningitis. Oh. So, and yeah, he had so many things and he's, um, you know, it still affects him today. Like he can't yeah. push too hard. That's, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like if he pushes too hard with work or anything, he's in bed. Like it's, yeah. and it's so hard. Like it's so sad for me to watch and it's so hard for me to watch. But yeah, he just can't push too hard. Yeah. He can't have late nights. He has to be diligent with his health routines and rituals because if he's not, he feels it. You know, yeah. if he starts going out and eating out and going to bed late and not taking care of himself, like he feels it. So yeah. I can absolutely understand where you're coming from. And it's it's hard. It's really hard. So yeah, I'm so glad that you're feeling so much better and you're out of that real dark place. And Lyme's disease is something that so many people deal with and also are dealing with undiagnosed, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. But I would love to know how astrology supported you through your healing journey. Mm. Yeah. Well, as I, like I said, my astrologer turned teacher and mentor. Who was that? Um, this wonderful man named Craig. He's a, a local guy up here in Topanga, um, a friend. And yeah, so he kind of started walking me through my chart and I started to understand the lessons that I came here to move through on a soul level and trust, surrender, self-love, all things that were very much a part of my healing journey with Lyme through my physical body. I could see that even if it wasn't Lyme that I was confronted with, I started to understand that there was always going to be something that was going to be challenging me to strengthen my muscle in these areas. And before my understanding of astrology, I felt a lot of sadness and fear and resistance around the life that I had to walk away from. And and even though it fell out of alignment in a lot of ways, I was clinging on to it. And I think that when we hold on to things that we feel, you know, maybe they're comfortable and we feel attached to them, but our intuition is guiding us in a different direction. And when we still hold on so tight, that really is just out of fear. That's just not trusting that the universe is going to carry us somewhere that maybe is unknown at the time. but it's going to be something that is more aligned. And as I could see these lessons that life was trying to teach me, it allowed me to kind of ease into that process of surrender more. And another kind of more advanced layer of astrology and chart reading is looking at transits. And so what transits are is exploring how current astrology is interacting with with your birth chart. So our, our birth chart is almost like a, a soul blueprint. It 
it kind of, it's like a spiritual x-ray that describes why we're here, what we're trying to achieve on a soul growth level and what we're trying to let go of. So as I said, I'm here to learn about self-love and trust and surrender and to, to let go of fear and clinging. And then with the transits, you can see how current astrology is presenting you with opportunities to kind of go deeper into those lessons. And I saw that I had Neptune moving through my sixth house during this time. And Neptune is the most spiritual planet. It's our gateway to other dimensions and to the realm of our soul, but it's not rooted in the earth. It's not rooted in the body. And so it's a way that we can access beautiful things like our dreams and our imagination, but it's also connected with loss of self and illness because illness is something that takes us out of our our grounded physical body. And so that's kind of a shadow side of Neptune. And it will, it'll teach us spiritual lessons like through illness. And so I was having this kind of loss of self experience through the illness where my identity was kind of melting away. But I couldn't deny that I was feeling more and more connected spiritually, whether it was the lessons I was learning or the the astrology that was kind of coming to life and the art that I was making that was would then become heavenly bodies. So that Neptune transit really resonated for me. And again, it just helped me strengthen my trust that where I was was exactly right. And so when I... I do readings. And when I read for people, that's really my my main intention is to help people understand the parts of themselves that they find really challenging are actually meticulously designed so that they can move through those challenges and integrate them and become who they came here to be. And the same for the challenges that whoever I'm reading for is maybe facing in life to just create context around these situations that can sometimes feel really um, random and hopeless and life throws all of us some crazy stuff and to be able to look at it through the lens of that everything is kind of orchestrated in this beautiful way that makes sense in a birth chart is something that I was able to do for myself that I now get a lot of joy out of kind of guiding others through the same process. Mm, It's such an incredible tool. I love Mm. astrology so much. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. And I've studied it. But, you know, I am like a beginner when it comes to astrology. But And and the beautiful thing about astrology is like you're always learning, like you can forever be learning and deepening your understanding of it. I should have sent you my chart before we started so we could have dove into a little bit of it, but maybe we'll have a reading offline. Absolutely. And we've had two astrology episodes already, episode 187 with Danielle Page and episode 498 with the Astro Twins. So I'm obsessed. I love it. I love numerology. I love human design. I love astrology. They're all incredible tools to understand ourselves on such a deeper level. And like you said, 
allows you to kind of exhale and go, ah, everything is unfolding the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. You know, having this understanding. So I'll link to where everyone can get their birth chart on your website for someone who might want to dive deeper into it. But for people listening who are beginners, how can we incorporate astrology into our everyday life? Like, where can we start? You know, we've got the sun, the moon, and the ascendant, the three Mm -hmm. big signs. Mm -hmm. Is that the best place to start? And how can we incorporate it into our everyday life besides using your deck, which is a great place? Of course. Well, so your sun sign is is what most people are aware of. That's when when someone says, oh, I'm in Aries. They're talking about the sun was in Aries at the time of their birth. And, and I think that it's important to recognize that our sun is actually who we're meant to become in this lifetime. So if you think of the sun, it's it, it, it's illuminated. And so the through the journey of our life, we're moving through a process of increasing our luminosity and radiating the qualities of our sun sign. So it's interesting to just simply contemplate the 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 sign that your sun was in and every sign using the example of Aries has beautiful qualities and challenging qualities. So some beautiful qualities of Aries would That's be what I am. independent. Okay. So you're saying that yeah, the qualities of an Aries who I am here to become. You'll become more and more of an Aries as your life unfolds because that's that's the reason you're here is to embody the qualities, the high vibrational qualities of Aries, which is about bravery and being a pioneering spirit and not following the crowd and taking initiation and it's it's a fire sign. So it's about following your truth and like being a trailblazer and carving your own path in this world. But most people don't begin life in embodying the qual like the the highest level of their sun sign. And so a lot of people don't really identify with the sign that they are. And maybe they'll notice little pieces that resonate, but it doesn't fully land. And that's because our moon is our emotional wiring. So that's where the moon is placed is how we feel internally. And it's our emotional response to life. So children oftentimes will present much more closely as their moon sign than their sun sign because children are, their emotions are very kind of externalized. Could you give a little example? So my moon is Gemini. So what does that mean? So that's my emotional. Your emotional wiring. Yeah. So tell me what that would mean. Gemini, well, Gemini is an air sign. So air signs are always kind of playful and light and social and like to learn the the shadow of Gemini would be like a little distracted. They're very curious. So they like to kind of like pick something up and then kind of float off to the next thing. Smart, intelligent. It's about the mind. So yeah, and it's it's not air is about it's it's the mental realm. So it's imaginative and and playful. And and so as a, as a child, and I'm actually an Aries sun as well, and I'm a Virgo moon. And, and Virgo is very, um, can be shy, can be inward. And, I, and Aries is the opposite of that. Aries is fire and extrovert. And so 
I absolutely presented more as my Virgo moon as a kid. And as I kind of step deeper into my truth, that Aries kind of starts to to come out. And the rising sign is about how we approach life. So that's it's our disposition. It's how we see the path ahead. And it oftentimes is how others see us. It's how we present to the world. So, and these are just three very small pieces that go into your chart. But you can just see that when someone, you know, when you're reading like a horoscope in a in a magazine, it's really, that's not a, an accurate way of really connecting with your your true connection with the cosmos because it's there there's so so many intricate details that go into it and the sun sign is really just one one little piece of that but for a beginner just the sun the moon and the rising and to just kind of contemplate how like the dance between those three energies within you is a beautiful way to start and as you start to kind of connect with the truth of what those three pieces are for you, it, you can't help but fall in love with the the realization that who you are is reflected in the stars and you just kind of go on your own journey of untangling all the other pieces. And like you said, it's a process. It's a journey. I'm, I look at my own chart multiple times a week and I'm always discovering new new things in it depending on kind of what I'm moving through in life. Mm, so fascinating. I mm-hmm. love it. It's so yeah. it's such a beautiful tool that we have at our fingertips to yeah. understand ourselves, understand our children, understand our friends and our family on such a deeper level. Yeah. And since having my daughter, it's definitely you know, sped up my interest in astrology because I want to understand her chart totally, and what her soul lessons are in this lifetime and things like that. So I think it's such an incredible tool. And I think your beautiful deck yeah. is such an amazing way to introduce children to astrology because it's visually absolutely stunning. But yeah, it's just a great way to kind of introduce them to it so thank you for creating such magic my love oh it's it was a a labor of love and it (laughs) I hope that it gives people a simple way to connect with the energies yes absolutely it does now tell me if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world what is the book that you would choose Oh my gosh. Okay. I would say maybe The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Do you know mm-hmm. that book? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think um for anyone who does who isn't familiar, it's a process book about unleashing your inner artist and connecting with your own your own ability to creatively express yourself and setting yourself free from anything that blocks your ability to express because everyone has the fire in them to express who they are through some form of art. And, and it's a really empowering process of learning how to have fun with who you are and express yourself however you want to. Mm, Such a good book. 
I did it years ago, maybe like 10 years ago. And I think it's time to to do it again. I think it's time to reread it and to go on that journey again. Yeah, I feel really inspired. It helps you get out of your head. Yeah. Even the the exercise of morning pages, like when I was doing that, I loved it so much. It was incredible. So check out The Artist's Way. It's incredible. We'll link to it in the show notes. Lily, I love hearing about how people prime themselves for their day. I love hearing about their routines, their rituals. Can you talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life? Yeah. Do you meditate? When do you eat? What do you eat? Movement. Talk us through that. I am a creature of habit and structure is really important to me. And I have a pretty deep devotional practice that sets me up for my day in a way where I can create some healthy distance from my mind so that I can move through my day rooted in my heart and in my truth. And as I said, one of my favorite things about astrology is to be able to see myself and life through a spiritual lens. And in order to do that and carry that through the day, it's important to feel really ground, grounded and anchored in your body and to practice um, creating some healthy distance from your mind. So meditation is something that I do every morning. I do 20 minutes in the morning and then I have an altar set up in my home, which is really just a, a sacred space that I have flowers and, and things that are meaningful to me. There's no kind of religious connotation. It's just a spiritual kind of center for me. And I sit in front of my altar and I meditate. And then I, I work with sage, I smudge. And I have some prayers that have been passed to me through a teacher that kind of help activate the sage to just cleanse my aura and my being. And then, and then I, I pray for like, 20 minutes and I just I connect with the divine and just kind of really set clear intentions on how I want to move through the day and how I can use this day to be a stepping stone towards my highest service in this world and then I pull cards so it's a pretty in-depth process it takes about a little over an hour um, but it really means the world to me and if I if I miss it I feel kind of untethered throughout the day. So it really helps me connect with the current of my life and how I want to utilize the day towards my, my, my highest goal. And after that, I usually do a little bit of yoga and take my dog for a walk and make my smoothie that I told you about. So all of that happens like before 9 a.m. So I'm up early and then I usually sit down around around 10 and I'll start I'll start start working. I have clients that I work with um, for like one-on-one mentorship and spiritual guidance and astrology readings. Um, and so that's usually the the meat of the day is our one-on-one sessions. And then I live somewhere really beautiful. I'm blessed in that I'm in the mountains. And so I usually spend like, I try to see the sunset. And so I'll go for, I'll spend some time in nature at some point too. Um, watch the sun go down and 
And because my body's so sensitive, food and everything that I put in my body is is done with a lot of intention and care. So food meal times are something that I I spend a lot of time kind of preparing for. So I cook a lot and dinner is always going to be something plant-based and nourishing and homemade most of the time. I don't watch much TV, so I'll I'll kind of I try I try and kind of align my circadian rhythm with the sun. And so in the evening I'm reading, hanging out with friends, and asleep pretty early. What's early for you? I like to be asleep by 10. Yeah. Your day sounds so beautiful, darling, and inspiring. You know, there's a lot of attention to self-care and a lot of space held for you and your growth. And it's just so beautiful because we can get so caught up in the doing and we don't take that time in the morning for ourselves, which is so important. And it doesn't have to be an hour. It could be 10 minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it is, you know, if I, I had, today was a great example, actually. I had, I wasn't asleep at 10 last night. I had a friend here till late and I didn't wake up as early as I needed to. And I, I didn't get my full hour in this morning, but whatever you can do, I think it's more just about kind of showing up for yourself and, and carving out whatever time you can. And just letting that kind of self-care be the first thing you do in the morning, whatever that looks like. Mm, Absolutely. So beautiful. You've inspired me to, you know, whip out more of those beautiful little tools like sage and incense and just create a bit more of a practice around it. I stopped using them because so many incense, for example, are very toxic. Yeah. And so I stopped using incense and stopped using sage and all of those things because, yeah, I was just reading about how toxic they are. So I need to find some toxic-free, clean incense. If anyone knows any, send me a link on Instagram. I'd love to see. But yeah, those beautiful practices that I used to love and pulling cards is so beautiful and meditating, even tea ceremonies, all of those things are just heaven. You know, you can grow your own sage too. I think it's just about connecting with the earth. And so the most beautiful, I, I do grow sage here and I find that the the clearings that I do with them are even more powerful when it's sage that I've actually grown and dried. Beautiful. Yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Delling, I would love to hear what is something that you've changed your mind about? Something I've changed my mind about. Well, back to that. Um, the relationship that I had to fear has changed tremendously as I've learned how to kind of surrender into whatever life is bringing me. And more recently, um, something I didn't mention that's been a big part of my healing journey for the past year has been psychedelics, ayahuasca and, um, and ketamine with my therapist. And because I'm somebody that has struggled with the process of letting go and being out of control in life, something like a psychedelic experience has been very daunting for me and not something that I ever thought that I would 
have the courage to explore. And I used it as like an exercise, kind of like going to the gym to just strengthen that trust muscle again and that practice of surrendering. Because in these psychedelic spaces, you you really, you can have an ego death. So you forget everything about who you are and what it even means to be a human. And so that process of kind of dissociating was so challenging for me in the beginning, which is really just the ego kind of relaxing and allowing the experience to take over. But it's really accelerated my ability to trust um, trust life, trust the process. And so in answer to your question, what I've, what I've changed my mind around, I guess is my, you know, I think we can tell ourselves stories about who we are. And I've always told myself the story that I'm like this kind of fearful person and that I have control issues and I'm, I'm not that person anymore. And I, I, I really, I took some very conscious steps towards rewriting that narrative. But I really, one, I really believe that we can change things about ourselves that if we want to, you know, put in that intention and, and put some practices into place. And then, um, and in the case of my particular story, I am a lot braver and more trusting than I, I thought I was. Mm, that's so beautiful, hun. Okay, I have three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Mm. Speak sweetly to yourself. Relax your inner critic. Absolutely. What's one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Trust and be giving. Trust that there's more where that came from. Don't hang on to things because you don't think that more will come. Yeah, I love that. So having that abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautiful. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Love yourself. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> Absolutely. Lily, this has been amazing. Is there mm-hmm. anything else that you want to share or any last parting words of wisdom? We will link to all of your incredible offerings, everything in the show notes, so people can go and check you out. But is there anything that you'd like to leave us with? Just that who you are and where you are is exactly right. And the universe will carry you if you let it. Absolutely. You are such a sweet earth angel like you have Mm. this beautiful glowing white aura around you and you are just such a light in this world you're so sweet so sweet and so light (laughs) and I just want to come over and walk in those beautiful mountains with you just yeah it just is you have such a beautiful aura so I hope you know that and I want to thank you for sharing today and for creating this beautiful deck and for all the work that you're doing in the world, helping people to understand themselves on such a deeper level. You're incredible. Mm. So how can I and the listeners give back and serve you today? Mm. How can they serve me? 
just to spread your gifts and spread your love. I just, I just believe that everybody, everybody is so important and we all have medicine within us that the world needs. And so nothing brings me more joy than seeing people embrace their gifts and share their gifts with the world. Absolutely. I totally agree. And you are sharing your gifts. And I'm I'm so grateful for this beautiful offering, this deck. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to book in to have a one-on-one session with you because would I would just love that so much. But thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. And thank you for all of the incredible work that you do in the world. Thank you so much. It's beautiful to connect with you. For a lot of my journey, I have had the most beautiful altar in all of my homes. I had crystals and sage, palo santo, different decks, journals, and it was such a beautiful place for me to show up each day and just honor myself and take time for myself. And since having a baby, I have stopped doing that. I don't even have an altar anymore. So this episode has really inspired me to create an altar and to create a sacred space for myself where I can just come. And even if it is just for a few minutes to journal or to pull a card out of the deck or something like that, say a prayer, meditate. I mean, I meditate every day, but I just do that sitting up in bed or sitting on the floor. Like I don't have a space where I go to. And I really miss that. So I am very, very excited to create a beautiful space for myself. And I hope you are too. And if you got a lot out of this episode and if you loved it, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for a new episode. Now, before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock, my friend. Now, if there is someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.